Hey, hey family. family. I'm Joanna. And I'm Shannon. And, and we're, we're just ordinary, ordinary Catholics. Catholics. Um, today we're going to be talking about why we love being Catholic. Yeah. Great intro episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should start with some statistics, I guess, on um, what it's like to be Catholic um, in the U.S. today. Or I guess not what it's like, but like true facts about sure, the numbers facts. of <laughs> Catholics in the church right now. Okay. Well, according to Pew Research. Pew Research, great. Um, 13% of all U.S. adults identify themselves as former Catholics. So this means like people who were raised Catholic but don't practice anymore. And on any given Sunday, 39% of people who identify as Catholic attend church, but only 22% of Catholics consider themselves weekly churchgoers. Yeah, and there's there's been a, a decline in the number of baptisms and Catholic weddings, um, just overall as well. So, you know, in some ways that can be a little disheartening, but we're here to talk about um, why we stick around, why we like the church so much, and why we love being Catholic. Yeah. Both of us are actually cradle Catholics, so we grew up going to church. Uh, we grew, I went to church pretty regularly every Sunday, um, and whenever I went to college, it was very convenient. There was a huge Catholic church right across the street from my campus. So I actually didn't have a car, and I just walked to church every Sunday. I was a freshman whenever the planes hit the Twin Towers uh, September 11th, and that day was my very first daily mass, and I've been going pretty regularly ever since. It was just I needed that comfort. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. No. I just I didn't know what else to do. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I I was also raised cradle Catholic. So my parents, you know, we were in faith formation classes and all that good stuff. Um, kind of kept it up through college. I I went through the the dip that most college kids do, where they yeah. kind of stop going and. And, and part of that was not because I didn't believe in any of it, but I just would make excuses for not going. Or um, it, I would go alone often, and I really didn't like going alone. Cause yeah, I it's inconvenient. Yeah. After that little dip, I came back full-fledged, you know, weekly mass attendee. Um, once I graduated college, I started working for the church. So, you know, I attend every week now, and I try to attend daily masses when I can. And... I always had a very enjoyable church to go to until I got married. And we moved to Panama City Beach, Florida, and then we moved to Charleston. And both of those did not have very fun Catholic churches. All of the other churches were beautiful and big and fun and great music. They were both part of the Bible Belt, but we went through four churches in those two cities just trying to find our own little home. It was hard. So one of the things that I absolutely love about being Catholic is, uh, <laughs> which I feel like if you're Catholic, this is probably the most obvious answer, but- The correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Eucharist, um, because in no other religion can you get the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in such an intimate way when we receive him at communion. Um, you know, in a lot of other Christian religions, uh, communion is a symbol or it's, 
a metaphor. Um, but, yeah. you know, the Catholic Church teaches that, no, 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 um, at the moment of consecration, when the priest, you know, puts his hands, you know, over the bread and the wine, and he's standing there in persona Christi, so as the person of Christ, and converting these ordinary things of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And there's nowhere else you can go that you can get that. And, and you know, when you receive him in such an intimate way, um, it's very life-giving. I mean, it is life itself, you know. Jesus yeah. said, you know, I'm the bread of life. Yeah, it's definitely something I've been missing during virtual church. Yeah, it's not the same it's when you watch it online. Same. I mean, I know you have like the spiritual communion prayer, and that's nice, but it, it's definitely different when you can actually like. Receive. Yes. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is, I don't know if this is a word. Universality. Is that so. a word? Maybe. We'll look it up later. Um, <laughs> I love that Mass is the same anywhere you go. You can go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, and you're doing things in the same orders. You're making the same motions. You're listening to the same readings. Um, mm -hmm. During quarantine, we took turns picking Masses, so we attended Mass in Ireland a couple weeks ago. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Oh, that is so cool. Did you watch it like when it was live their time or you like it was a recording? Oh, no, we never watched live. <laughs> That's been convenient. <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm just imagining if you watched it live, like what time you'd have to like I wake don't up. Know. <laughs> my, one of my kids picked it. It was a good choice. Um, oh, when I was growing up on vacation, once we walked into mass right on time, right before the priest came in, um, we had six kids in our family, so it was always a big rush to get to church on time. And uh, it turned out to be a Polish mass. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was in a different language. But we, you know, filed right in, read the readings out of the missalette, and... Made it work? <laughs> yeah, we didn't get anything out of the homily, but the rest of it was fine. <laughs> so I love that, and I appreciate that in our faith. Yeah. I... Um... This is probably something that's maybe not as popular about being Catholic, generally speaking. Um, but this is something that I, I particularly really appreciate. Uh, but the sacrament of confession, um, sure. like it's it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's difficult to sit in front of somebody and tell them all the horrible things you've done. Yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes it makes you feel so much better. Afterwards. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's how I feel about it. Like, I love receiving the tangible forgiveness in the sacrament. Um, you know, the, the priest is sitting there in, like I said, in persona Christi, so as the person of Christ. And sometimes it's hard because I worked for the church for a while. Like, mm, yeah. like I made a rule, like, I don't go to confession with, like, my boss. <laughs> um, you know, but other priests... Well, they're I, supposed to forget, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody ever remembers, and it's Maybe. not like... Oh. <laughs> I've gone to some like priest friends for confession and those have been the most like <laughs> yeah but I'll never forget um one of the priests that I went to he was the associate um at the parish I was working at and I he could tell that I was having trouble like getting started because you know we had we were friends and it yeah. was weird and he said to me my sister, my sister, there is nothing you could say that would make me love you any less. 
Yeah. And I felt in some ways like he was saying that as my friend and as my priest. And in other ways, I'm like, ooh, I feel like the Holy Spirit just spoke through you. And I feel like that was something that Jesus was also saying to me. Um, yeah. I'm sure on some level to have that personal forgiveness coming from a friend's voice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really do appreciate the sacrament of confession. And there's something very beautiful and grace-filled um, about it. Cool. I also love the availability of different prayers that are right at our fingertips. You can pray your rosary. You can pray just words from your heart. You can listen to a Lectio Divino, just whatever mood you're in. There's a prayer that can suit you. And again, going back to the personal connection around the world, people are praying the same prayers at the same times throughout the day. And that just to me is so powerful that you can join in on a liturgy of the hours knowing that, how many do you think, thousands of people might yeah. be praying the same prayers? Yeah. It blows my mind. Oh, I also love if you are somewhere public and doing a public prayer together, every couple of people will do the sign of the cross and then you just have, you're in a secret club almost. <laughs> Right, like identify right off the bat, <laughs> like when you could go out and eat, mm-hmm. right, in public oh, yeah. places. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're Catholic too. I, I really like the setup of saints that we have. Setup of saints. That sounds weird, but like, <laughs> yeah, um, just the the number of saints that we have in the Catholic Church and the idea of patron saints of people who are, you know, specific. They have specific things that they are like known for, or you can ask them to pray for because. Yes, um, you know it has something to do with with who they are and and their their life story. Um, so it's been really neat getting to know a lot of saints. Cause mm-hmm. you, you get to know them kind of like friends, and yeah. like, particularly like right now we're doing a novena to Saint Monica, and I feel like I'm getting to know Saint Monica in my praying of the novena and like learning about her life. And and so I like that we have people who have gone before us, who have like had these struggles and these trials in life and, and they've come out of it extremely holy people. And I find that that's very, you know, hopeful and inspirational. Comforting, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just love tradition. 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 And that each action within either mass or during sacraments and different rituals that we have, every single action means something. And if you look at I don't know, baptism, and break down the whole sacrament. They do things in certain orders, and they do everything for certain reasons. And it's just so cool. The more I find out about the whys of the church, the more convicted I am. Like, Mm -hmm. I just learned about the Paschal candle. I just learned (laughs) about the Paschal candle uh, when my son was going through um, First Communion preparation and just how each little piece of the candle represents something. something. That's just so cool. And that where it is on the altar at different times of the year. And so it's something I just have always taken for granted and never noticed. And now I notice it every time I go into church. Yeah, I like, like nothing is arbitrary. Yes, exactly. There's a purpose and a reason for everything. Uh, Eucharistic adoration has been a huge, awesome part of being Catholic that I really love. Uh, I like being able to, you know, 
you describe, okay, like you and I are sitting on the couch right now, hanging mm -hmm. out and talking through all this stuff. And in Eucharistic adoration, that's our chance to sit with Jesus and, you know, kind of talk it out with him. And I've had a lot of moments where I've, you know, been in the chapel just in total tears and other times where I've just sat in quiet and other times where I'm really angry. And yeah. It's always something new, even though it's the same. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, and you, you get know something new out of it. And Jesus is always there for you to for you to spend your time with and have conversations with. So I really like being able to like knowing that in Eucharistic adoration I can go and, and share intimate time with him. Yeah. One of the cool things about our our priests too is that they can trace their their lineage, if you will, of their priesthood all the way back to um, Jesus. So with Jesus himself laying his hands on Peter as the rock of the church, and um, straight from there, like all of the popes, you can you know line yeah. up and and trace back, and that's how it is with all of the priests. You know when the bishops ordain new priests, all of the priests can can trace their who ordained the yeah previous yeah all the way back to jesus which is is pretty unique and and nifty about about the church yeah did you know that if you ask siri who founded the church who founded the catholic church what does she say jesus really yeah and if you ask who founded i don't know the methodist church it'll tell you and who founded the anglican no church it'll, yeah oh, try i don't want to ask i want to ask i want to ask I just got a new phone. What do, how, do I do, how do I do Siri? I don't know that. Hey Siri. Oh, okay. Hey Siri, who founded the Catholic Church? The answer I found is Jesus Christ, according to and sacred tradition. Okay, I'll do a different one. Hey Siri, who founded the Baptist Church? The answer is John Smith. Who is Smith with a Y? Well, you can't argue with the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You learn something new every day. <laughs> Not to rag on John Smith. I'm sure he's a really yeah. nice guy. Total, you know. Yeah. But, I Jesus mean. Jesus lover. Yeah. We could go absolutely on and on. Um, but let's talk over coffee someday when this is all over. If you want to grab coffee with us, um, DM us on at. <laughs> is that how you say it? At an ordinary Catholic? Well, that's like the handle. Okay. That's our handle. <laughs> Yeah, so DM us um, on Instagram at an ordinary Catholic. Um, hang out with us there. Let us know why you love being Catholic. So we're praying for you. Please pray for us. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you in, in our, our prayers. prayers. Still cheesy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. We'll work on it. <laughs> Bye.